I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Oh, the hammer. The hammer is one of them. The hammer? The dance and the hammer. Okay. Now we're just naming tools. <laughs> now we're just naming things in my shed. This is the new gayest thing I've done On brand, yeah. I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out, diking out, diking out, diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that wants you to all walk like an Egyptian, and you'll learn why soon enough. I'm Carolyn Bergier. And I'm Melody Kamali, and today we're diking out with comedian Sabrina Jalice about queer families. I am so excited that we finally have Sabrina on the pod. She has been a guest that I've wanted uh, since the beginning. So funny, so I can't wait to get to that, but first... But first, some announcements... Some important announcements. We still have some tickets for our show at Caveat. And what I've failed to mention the past three times is that we're actually going to be streaming it online and you can buy tickets to watch it virtually. Did we forget to say that? Yes, every time. (laughs) Damn it. Because I forgot that I told Caveat that we would do that and that we're paying for that to be done. So help us justify the cost of paying to have this Uh, A technical director for a live stream. Yeah, get your tickets. No matter where you live, you can do the live stream. But if you're in the New York area, you're going to want to be there in person to be in the presence of one Jenna Lyons, who is a fashion uh, icon, a style icon. And it's going to be a cool convo. I think I've settled on my outfit. Really? I know I said that I wasn't going to wear a Wild Fang suit, but I just bought a new Wild Fang suit. Oh, (laughs) 
I maybe I'll finally get a wild fang suit. Yeah, I might just wear the pants though with a shirt I got. We'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling. I'm gonna I'm gonna need uh, some accessories. I don't know, but th- this is my focus until it happens. So also buy tickets to help me pay for this wild fang suit. <laughs> Please. Please. What else? Oh, speaking of money for us, you can sign up for our Patreon and get t- <laughs> continue. <laughs> And you'll get an extra episode every week. Our patrons love these episodes. They're saying things like, I wish these were longer. These are so much fun. We talk about probably things we shouldn't. Who knows? We are spilling tea. We are gossiping. I'm getting very personal about uh, my life and my marriage. And I'm talking uh, shit. Like, (laughs) I'm just openly talking shit now. About so if you're not people. one of our enemies, please <laughs> sign up. If, if you don't think that we're talking shit about you, please sign up for our Patreon and you'll get an extra episode a week for just $5 a month. Or at the higher tiers, you can get ad-free episodes. You can uh, join our exclusive Facebook group where we have so much fun. And then also a tier where we do Zoom hangouts every other month and we get to know uh the many details of your lives and feel like we're friends IRL. So, and then we've become friends IRL. And then, we, with some and of then our you patrons. come to the watch parties and it's incredible. Yeah. 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 Love it. So there is that keeping it moving. Carolyn. Yeah. What's the gayest thing you did this last week? You've been out of town. I haven't seen you. We haven't talked. I don't even know what to guess. You don't? Did you yeah. see my Instagram? Because I was very active yeah, on the I Insta know what to guess. with my gayest thing. Well, actually, uh, your gayest thing is probably on the Patreon, but well, yeah. <laughs> let's gloss over that. Yes, the gayest thing uh, is on the Patreon. But the bigger thing was hashtag the wifening. And if you go hashtag the wifening on Instagram, you'll see what it's all about. There should still be some stuff up, though. Most of mine was on stories. It was the gay wedding of one Miss Sarah Kennedy and Kelly Trapnell. Uh, Sarah Kennedy, famously the first guest of the Diking Out podcast, famously the co-host of the Tadar podcast, which I think is on pause right now. But who knows when it will be revived, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was... Gay amazing. It was an amazing wedding. Was so happy to be there. It was my first gay wedding where I was not a bride. So I was excited about that. And the way they did it was awesome. So it was in Albuquerque, which is where uh, Cecilia and I got married. So it's a very special place for us. And I, I love it there. I love so much about Albuquerque. You really love it there. I do. I mean, I do. We, we extended her she's stay. She's got a We're big old like, crush on Albuquerque. It just, you know, uh, when I went back to the airport, it was an 86 year old Lyft driver who was really trying to pitch me hard on living there. And he was the sweetest old man. And he's like, we need folks like you here. Like, <laughs> he's like, you look like a lot of fun. And like, you grab life by the horns. <laughs> Thanks, <Yeah>. Jim. Uh, <laughs> but no, I won't be moving there. Um, I do love it. So like a lot of uh, out of town weddings, there are a lot of events like I knew it would be queer, but I know they have like a lot of family, a lot of friends. But this is definitely the gayest wedding. I don't think I'll ever go to a more queer wedding than this. Just so many queer couples, a lot of queer comedians from L.A. and New York 
just some of my favorite people. And it was so much fun. One of my favorite parts of the wedding was that the dress code was fashion formal. And people took that and ran. It was like what a Met Gala. What that mean? <laughs> it, it was just like your interpretation of fashion for for the wedding. Okay. So I wore my Wild Fang suit that I wore when we met Leisha and Kate at the Elward watch party because, and I didn't wash it. So I'm like, I'm bringing Elward cooties to the party. And that feels, it's like pixie dust, you know? (laughs) Cecilia had like a um, gorgeous black sequence dress. But then some people really went, like there were people that were dressed like matadors. There were suits of all different colors. Um, Pascas Wanjiko Eke had this like beautiful sharp uh, plaid blazer that I love Bobby Hankinson had um, like pearls throughout he had like a mask with pearls on it and like a pearl anklet just pearls everywhere Um, like a little bag that had pearls strung on it Calvin Cato was there with these like disco ball drop earrings Um, people were dressing like kind of like disco-y themed it was at this place called the Electric Playhouse which has all of these like light projections and they project whatever you want and they, they're like, some of them are interactive. So we were playing kind of like a, almost like an air hockey, but with a light on the floor and like running around this huge court. There, there was a room with karaoke. There were all these like different rooms you went into with different things going on. It was wild. Um, the wedding itself and the couple. So the ceremony they had the night before and they had a videographer tape it. And then at the reception, They played the edited version of the ceremony of just like the vows and had like music and cutaways and uh, all this beautiful stuff on these giant screens playing right when we got there. And then they signed the papers to make it official in front of all of us. So it was cute. And what I also liked, but also made it super queer was that at the ceremony, they both wore dresses, which I wasn't expecting. Uh, I didn't know what they would wear, but I... My last guess would have been both in dresses. Yeah. And just if you know uh, them, if you've met yeah. them. Yeah. And uh, though we saw we saw Kelly the, the night before, after they got married, they came out to the bar and Kelly's hair was like longer than we've seen it in a, in a while. And we're like, oh, Kelly grew her hair out. Uh, she looks a lot more femme. And the next day it was two dresses and it was two black dresses and they were like kind of vintagey and like very cute so it was a very cute look the next day kelly uh gets like a fresh short haircut and they both come in wearing these like awesome like pants and tops and uh sarah kennedy had kind of like this game of thrones type crown thing it was really cool she said it was more of a jughead crown but it it had a little bit of like a viney thorns i don't know it felt very game of thrones but we loved it so yeah by fashion fashion formal to um a couple of other other comedians one came and she had this like black wig with like uh like ram horns coming out of it which was awesome uh emily winter oh emily winter was there yes and chris her husband wore this like athletic tracksuit, but it was all these like neon tigers all over it and looked amazing. So yeah. Ha. Huh. Don't you wish you were there? It was so much fun. It was yeah. such a good time. It was so gay. Everything about it. We just had uh, the best time. So, so did that give you enough time to think what's your gayest thing? Okay. Of the week? So you sort of had like this big 
entree of a gayest thing. I'm going to give you a little charcuterie board of gay things for my week, okay? Okay, okay. Okay. I mean, speaking of disco fashions, you just reminded me I went to Alina Street's birthday party. That's um, right. I she did turned 30 that. years old. Alina Street yes. of the Lesbian Bar Project. Um, it was it was so fun. I mean, she lives in a amazing home, which is crazy in New York. She lives in this big brownstone with a few roommates. It's just like a gorgeous space with an awesome backyard and they decorated it. The theme was Studio 54. They told us to dress up in our disco best. Um, So Allie wore this incredible sparkly gown her mother's and I'm just so glad one of Allie's mom's gowns made it out of this like vacuum sealed pileup we have under our bed. Allie travels from apartment to apartment with <laughs> all of her mom's gowns from the 80s and 90s and we finally got an opportunity to bust open that bag. I was wondering if you had her shipping in because no, I no. was like oh wow that's convenient that they just had her mom's clothing. Yeah you can go to They're A Country amazing. Clayton on Instagram if you want to see it. it it was funny because actually the first weekend that Allie and I, you know, had our three day date and continued on with, into this five year relationship, as you do. Yeah. Um, we got drunk and tried on those gowns. And that was the one that I was like, oh, my God. And she wore that yeah. one. So I was super Yay. horny and having a great time. <laughs> I wore um, some gold disco pants of Deborah's um, yes. vintage. Everything I was wearing was either Allie's mom's or Bradley's mom's. <laughs> so. Very nice, authentic outfits. We had a lot of fun dancing. Happy birthday, Alina. Okay. Happy birthday. Uh, A few days after that, what do we have next? Um, Ever Maynard still in town, still staying with us. Uh, They leave in a couple days, but we were on a walk. And this has happened a few times in my neighborhood where I feel like I've seen Kurt from Betty. I don't know if you watch Betty on HBO. There was the 2018 Skate Kitchen skateboarding film. And this is like the offshoot HBO series about these like young queer. Yes. Yeah. So group it's of skater been girls on my list, Melody. But honestly, when I saw this on our episode doc, I thought you were talking about the band Betty and like, I, I was like, that's exactly in Betty. Yeah. Yeah. I know like, that's I what you would know think. all their names, but I know one of them's not Kurt unless somebody's had a change. <laughs> no. Okay. No, this is just a very young, I think queer, at least queer on the show, a skater in real life. Their name is um, Nina Moran. Yeah. Should they do the pod? Yeah. I mean, I scared them. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> I'm walking Great. with Ever. We're in our 30s, just two. People in their 30s walking down the street. And this is, I, they've got to be like early 20s, something like very yeah. young. And I've heard they're very young. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're walking, we pass them on the sidewalk and I go, oh my God, it's it's Kurt from Betty. I got to say something. I don't know what to say, but I got to say something. And the moment's approaching as we're walking up and I just go, hey, I think you're really cool. And Betty, like you're really cool. I said cool like five times and then you're just like, oh, thanks. And we didn't stop. And so like we're now turning our heads and I'm like, keep keep being cool (laughs) like just like such a dork about it these cool gen z kids scare me and i i made that clear um in that moment is that gay what makes it more gay is ever and i were walking back from the park where we had sat through this 
art installation in Prospect Park. It's called The Last Stand. It's this digital program that spawned from conversations with ecologists and how do you say this word? Ecoacoustic scientists. That was easy. Um, <laughs> and you basically I think I heard about this actually. Yeah, they have a bunch yeah. of um, seats, like wooden seats they built there. There's a bunch of um, stereos. You're listening basically to how um, trees and nature communicates within itself. And they had, um, if you didn't want to sit these wooden kind of like tilted back planks, which was my favorite. So you could just like lean back and like look up at the trees and listen to these sounds. Which feels gay. Um, is that gay? <laughs> Finally, the gayest part of my week is I've been writing a erotic fiction piece for autostraddle.com. Uh, keep an eye out, Keep folks. an eye out. But also, subscribe to their A-plus membership. This is actually going to be behind a paywall. It's for Slick, an erotic fiction series that past guest Ro White from yes. our hand sex episode um, edits. And... I got an A-plus membership for writing this piece. And so oh, nice. I've just been like, whoa, there's so much more there. It's so cool. Like, definitely yes. support a major media outlet in our community. One I've only heard great things about. Everybody who writes for Autostraddle that that I've seen has had a really great experience and great things to say about it and that they do a good job of paying their uh, staff, which isn't something that uh, a lot of media. Yeah, I'm getting paid like a do. good yeah. chunk of money for this, you know, behind a paywall. <laughs> yeah. Piece. Yeah. What a challenge. That's gay of me. Saying yes to things that scare me, like writing erotic fiction. Wow. <laughs> it's due tomorrow. I, I really got to wrap this up. Yeah. Oh, well, I hate to take more time away from your night, Melody, but I did remember another very gay thing. Uh, you know, you're saying like, why do you like Albuquerque so much? I'm not the only dyke who likes Albuquerque. Let me tell you, I thought there must have been like an Indigo Girls concert going on because our first night there, Cecilia and I go to, I think it's called like the Sawmill Markets. It's like a um, indoor outdoor food hall thing. And we we get our food, we sit outside and we look around and it was so many lesbians and not just lesbians, but like specifically older lesbians too, mm. like over the age of 50 and a lot of them. And we're just kind of turning our heads like, is there something we like, what is happening? Why are they all here? Is there? And we couldn't figure it out. And we we asked around and they're like, no, no, it's just how it is. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe they all retire. I mean, I could retire in Albuquerque. I don't I know. So will. that's going to be me one day. That that was me looking into my future. Uh, it was crazy. So, yeah, if you're if you're looking for the, you know, a May, December romance, mm -hmm. head to Albuquerque on the queer beat, Carolyn. You know what? I have one more gay thing. That's a transition into our guest. Sure. In a way. I also watched the first episode of Nuclear Family on HBO. I don't know if you've seen it or the trailer. It is so good. It's a three-part docu-series mm. about this lesbian couple. The documentarian is their daughter. It's about a custody battle that spawned from their sperm donor who, you know, 
met the kid, the, the, the kids started to grow up. They got curious about who their donors were. They started to ask questions. So the moms arranged a meeting and regular meetings. And it became this sort of like amazing on paper queer family where they would get to hang out with um, wait is this a gen q spoiler (laughs) okay i'll just yeah there's two more coming out i just want to say it got me thinking i was like wow what perfect timing you know we're talking about queer families um and i'm watching this documentary on brand on theme for this week well it'll be a a good follow-up for this episode though i'm sure that uh, that show or documentary isn't as silly as no, who no, we're diking no. out with today because this is a very silly conversation and we are diking out with a Sabrina Jalice about queer families. Sabrina has written for shows like Canada's Got Talent and Boy Do They. Uh, Search Party, Baroness Von Sketch has also recently co-starred on the show Carol's Second Act and performs comedy at literally every big comedy festival Mm -hmm. you can think of so let's get into it Sabrina thank you so much for making the time today to dike out with us honey I've just been walking around this dikey block waiting to be asked in what are you talking about (laughs) great What's a dikey block? West my Hollywood? Dike. Yeah, just walking around the abbey with a, a tin cup full of beans, <laughs> shaking it next to windows, being like, are you in there? <laughs> oh, man. Is that how it is in L.A.? I didn't. I missed that season of The L Word. <laughs> um, that's actually going to be season 14, and I've already Great. written it. It's all tin cup and bean-based. It's going to be huge. First question, yes. why aren't you on The L Word? Yeah. Oh, because What's I'm, the I'm going to make there? a new L word. I'm, I'm trying to sell a queer women-centered comedy. That's why I'm not on the L word. Also, the, no one ever asked me. No one mm. ever let me into the club. That's I didn't even audition. Insane. Why aren't you guys not? Why aren't we? Why aren't we? <laughs> aren't we all? Beth yeah. Porter. Why don't right. the three of us in in a tall... What's it called? An uh, overcoat. An yeah. overcoat, yeah. An <laughs> yeah, overcoat. yeah, yeah, yeah. I call the legs. <laughs> Whoever yeah. can cry on command uh, while looking at art gets to be the head. It gets to be the head. And then it's whoever not can me. do. <laughs> they have brown people on now. They do so have brown people on. I do our think chances are out. I started, I tried to get back in, get into the reboot. And it, like, I mean, the thing about being dykes and having such little dyke material is like you have to be so happy with the crumbs that you get but I do think that like (laughs) happy season (laughs) we often suffer from being like because we're women and we're queer it's like we have to be like the show is about lesbians but it's also about everyone in the community right and I think there's something um from the old that I miss which is just like these are a bunch of women trying to fuck each other um, right. That, right. I know, mean, I heard someone recently refer to it as uh, that Gen Q is just woke Olympics. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and um, yeah, season one definitely felt like bingo card of like uh, of <laughs> an apology to past wrongs. Yeah. Yes. yes yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm pitching a show right now that is um, kind of based on my 20s and based on like the rascals that I ran around with in Brooklyn. And I hope we get to make it. I'm st- st- sort of starting to like as we like warm up to go out and pitch, I'm starting to kind of realize like, oh, I think that maybe just maybe I might not be the first gay woman trying to make a show about gay women that's 
facing like a bunch of like dudes in suits being like, okay, thank you for your time, but absolutely right. not. <laughs> I hope it's not that. I, we've got like a really good team, you know, behind it, but it is, um, it's been kind of like shocking as we gear up for it and like the things that I need to like insulate the show with like men and like, just like, you know, like these different just to get through the front guards, to get through the gatekeepers, to be able to like write the script to say like, hey, yeah, right, these people right. can have gay identities and be super funny, and they're and the things that they're going through every day aren't the woke Olympics. It's you know trying to fucking pay their rent or yeah, yeah. and it's just as appealing as watching a man with a beard do it, a man <laughs> with a full beard and a wife do it. <laughs> We hope it gets made. I want to watch it. We hope it gets made, too. It'll get made. Uh, is it too early to submit our packets? Please submit your packets, because you yeah. know I'm going to be packing that room with dicks. Dykes. <laughs> Not, that's what I'll say on the... Pa- yeah, That's these are the little tricky things you got to do. I'll be like, yeah. don't worry, sirs. I'll pack the writing room with dicks. They'll hear dicks. You're I'm right. saying dykes. Fucking bamboozle got again. Em. Got <laughs> Can't wait. Before we get into our interview, Sabrina. <laughs> yeah. We need to know. I mean, you seem like such a dyke. We need to know, like, <laughs> what is the gayest thing you did this week? Mm, the gayest thing I did this week. Ooh. Narrow it down. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Is it that I'm like fully embracing daddy? Like Wolfie started to go to school. I mean, this is maybe, I don't know if this, this might be what, transcend and be woke Olympics into heteronormative Olympics where, you know, like everything, like, like, you know, like the, the circle of feminine feminism can like veer into chauvinism. Like maybe right, this is the sure. dykiness that like, it's like curling up into very straight, but yes. I don't know. The first thing that comes to mind is that we'll at Wolfie's daycare. I have a three and a half year old son, little cutie, baby, best Oof, eyeballs look in them and you'll never be the same. So Wolfie's going to daycare and Wolfie calls me Baba, which is Urdu for dad. Like when he was born, actually, like right before I was like kind of auditioning, like what if I just, I'm not, I identify as, I mean, probably like non-binary if I was 10 years younger, but like non-binary girl, you can call me she. All right, cool. Don't call me madam. Don't go into the flowery ones that I'd rather I'd rather sir than madam. But anyway, I was like, what if he calls me dad? And everyone was like, everyone will have huge problems. But now he's in daycare. And whenever I go pick him up, all the kids are like, Wolfie, your dad's there. And I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I'm here. Daddy's in the building, honey. Baba, like B-A-B-A. B-A-B-A, yeah. Yeah, that's what Iranians do, too. Mm. Yeah. Maybe I should. Yeah. Yeah, Baba. It's like uh, it's code word for dad because it is all we have is words. And we grow up with this understanding of like there's the femme one and there's the butch one that raises us. And the femme one is mom and the butch one is dad. And I am very daddy. So anyways, that's that is, I believe, the end of the road of that kind of I don't know if it's a story. (laughs) Was it? Oh, no. Answer yeah. the answer. No, be, being a, a daddy is definitely a gayest thing, and that's just making me think I I need to get moving on this whole kid thing, or else the daycare kids are going to be like, "Your grandma's here, <laughs> grandma's Your here, grandpa's here." <laughs> yeah, pappy. Getting started. I don't know if you asked if that was a question, but I have answers. If we you're want them. 
If you're a dyke, you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> if you're not a dyke and listening to this podcast, you are a dyke. I've diagnosed <laughs> you. Um, but if you're like, even just like a single woman, like a queer person that has uterus and thinks that'll be maybe a way that I make a baby, you start mm-hmm. like in the back of your mind, you start start looking at the men around you as like, who will be the jizz? Who oh, will jizz? yes, I've been through that. Yes, yeah. Because we like, we, so our the way that we made Wolfie, I took a surf yes. lesson in Mexico. My surf instructor was gorgeous, same color skin as me, same like type of hair as me. And I was like, I volunteer you as tribute. Um, but I had only just met him and my wife had no idea. And my wife was going to be the maker of the baby. So there was a lot of massaging to do. But anyway, he ended up agreeing to do it. And so he's he is our donor. And the way that we made Wolfie was just like in an Airbnb, he came into a cup and not the yeah, way I said I, it made it sound like Wolfie like arrived in a cup. He no, Wolfie it's a beautiful story. I've heard this on, I think another podcast. It must've been like lost cold treat something. Yeah. I'm like racing I through love- it a little bit because I've told it before, but basically like he, he came into a cup and then I put her in a syringe, put it in my armpit. Shauna and I had sex. She comes, I put it inside of her and that's wham, bam. Thank you, madame. <laughs> it's a fucking baby. That was, like, it the worked fr- the first it time. The first time. Wow. And because it was so easy, it's like naturally the fucking dykes in the clouds were like, let's make the second one tricky as fuck. And so we've been trying to, we made these embryos in Mexico um, and out of my egg and his sperm and we've been putting them in Shauna and it's been like a couple embryos in and we are not, we are not pregnant. And so that's been like tougher, harder yeah. I mean, another thing is just like freeze your eggs, I think, is like something that no one talks about Ugh, fucking right. anything to do with sex with women other than like, don't be a whore and don't be a dyke. So don't fuck yeah. dicks and also don't fuck women and don't come. <laughs> um, but if like one of those sentences was like, freeze your eggs early. And like if right. one of the things that we were doing in this world to like help women, because since we realize now that like, it's not like a donation to have women in the workplace. It actually enhances the, you know, like business is booming. The money is there. Creating incentive, like basically like having, I think, businesses be responsible for partially paying for women freezing eggs. Yes. I think that's a big hurdle is that the time to do it is in your 20s. But who has the money? No. no and one. nobody, you don't yeah. have, yeah, it's like it making it more accessible to freeze and store your eggs would be just like a huge thing for women's yes. ability to, because isn't it like you get older and you start to realize like the plot just keeps on thickening on that idea of like, women are crazy. And it's like, look, are women not crazy? No, they're crazy. Men are crazy. Women are crazy. And when I say men and women, I am the woke Olympics too. I get what the woke Olympics are. It's like we are all, like I am part of a woman that's a man that's a woman. Gold medal. Um, like just a little quick side note. Wolfie, Wolfie's nanny um, is non-binary. And so uh, lucky for us has been just infusing in Wolfie this idea that they can be who they want to be. And so like, while everyone in the world calls him he, because that's just the bucket that he was born into by having a penis. It's like Wolfie has this huge experience of just like every kid that comes to play with Wolfie is they like, actually my friend may who is non-binary is 
like uses they pronouns and Wolfie just got it like that. Whereas like even me, I grew up with May calling May she. So it's like there's like a bit of a hurdle where I'm like that, you know, like there's just like I'm doing a little bit of mental math to like get to present day. Um, And when you say May, that's fellow comedian. Fellow comedian me, May Martin, who is truly killing it in shooting cool things, uh, has my name tattooed to their ankle. Right. Wait, what? Well, we were like stoned and teenagers and May was like, I want to get a tattoo. And I was like, I'll pay for it if it's my name. And they were like, done. <laughs> done. Wait, and is we this had to something to- that May does with everybody? Because I saw the uh, Elliot Page matching tattoos That's with a May. matching tattoo. I mean, you. Okay. looking back... It was maybe not cool, but we were both children and we didn't know. <laughs> Three tattoo artists said no to us. Actually, the third one said yes. But we walked into two places and they're like, this is stupid and you guys are children. And we we're like, goodbye. <laughs> we are 15 and 16. Wow. We're full teens. Um, but anyway, that was just like a side note. What is men? What is women? I get it. I get it. But just like, you know, prototypical women, born women, and then like, you know, having uh, uteruses and then having the pressure to either create or not create. And if you're not creating, then that's a problem. But creating is this amazing thing. But it's like, obviously, like, it, there's just as you start to get your period and the hormones involved in that. I I remember when like the period thing was like when I was like, oh, this is why women get called crazy is because this is like a difficult thing to deal with. And there's like such a weird pressure to be like, nothing to look at here. Tampons are sugar packets. I'm not (laughs) bleeding fucking ferociously through my pussy and all my pants. (laughs) Like it's like such a huge thing to be like nursing and taking care of with the hormones and all of that that I'm like, oh, this is why women... Uh, we're called crazy. And then now with making a baby, it's like, oh no, this is why, like the like baby making of it all. It's like that no one really talks about, I know that people like more so now are talking about miscarriages and the idea that like every pregnancy is not the pregnancy, but like really like, you know, going through it with that, with trying to get pregnant and then not being pregnant and then only seeing pregnant people when you are like fully, you know, your wife is like bleeding out a baby. It's just like, it's maddening and it's shocking that it's not talked about. And it's shocking that we know so little that like our true grounded, like ideas of the way these things work are just, you know, fairy tales. Because a lot of women, I feel like they don't want to talk about miscarriages because they don't want to bum people out. Like, they don't want to bum themselves out, maybe. But, like, I remember when my sister had one, she's like, yeah, just, like, don't tell mom. And she was, like, brushing it off like it wasn't a big deal. But, like, it was her first time being pregnant. And then she, like, revealed it to her husband in kind of, like, a cute, dramatic way, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she miscarried. So that fucking sucked. And then, that But she sucks. felt like she had to just like sweep it under the rug and be like, no, nah, like, don't tell mom. I don't want her to worry. I'm like. Which is like pragmatic when you think about just like, okay, cool. Well, like if we don't see it or talk about it, then it's not there. But as we know with right. all this shit, it's like if you don't see it and talk about it and it's pain, it goes into something else and it manifests in a darker way. And it's like, yeah. wouldn't it be nice if people that uh, other people going through the same thing knew that like actually like half of the women you know, if not more. I don't know what the actual stats are, but truly like the the embryos that I made at 34 with with our donor, there's a 50-50 chance of them becoming full pregnancies. 
Right. And those are embryos, not just like, you know, those are, those are the little seeds for babies. So yeah, I think that that me, I think that that is like at, at 34, which is young. Like I don't, at 34, didn't know anyone else that was having babies. I think late thirties is now when people are starting to get into that kind of thing, especially when you're talking about people who are like just in their early thirties, trying to like get into that like stride in their career just the idea that like if I was to make embryos now at 36, they'd have a 20% chance of, of becoming full pregnancies. That's like, yeah. you know, one in five. So it's, it, you know, that people are going through it and, and then just like experiencing the joy of that early pregnancy and not being able to talk about it. Not like just being like, I'm not having a mimosa because I'm no, no I can't say it's like weird. It's like a weird <laughs> yeah. kind of cosplay that we put on early pregnant women <laughs> So that so that they don't bum society out. And I think that yeah. there's a, there should be a shift there where it, of course, um, is up to every person. And, you know, after we did lose the baby, there was like um, my friend's mom was like, so are you are you do you wish you kind of didn't say anything about the pregnancy? And I was like. Want to like push her down the stairs and be like, do you wish you didn't say anything, <laughs> bitch? <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> Because it's like, no, I, I mean, like, I'm having the same conversations that I would have had, but I would have had to be catching people up on it. It's like it it's it was one of the hardest things that we went through. And right. to go through it alone is just not an option when we have friends that love us and care about us. And, you know, I always think especially like, isn't that sort of the like big nugget of wisdom and coming out is just like that the more we treat things like they're secrets and they're bad um, that's actually the bigger bad thing, not, a, yes. not the thing that made you different to begin with. Just this idea of like everyone's parents saying like, I just wish it wasn't going to be so hard for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like this, this, this quote from you is the hard part. <laughs> right. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Are you ready to shop? 
Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. You have a support network. Do you have like um, a lot of queer friends who are having babies now around the same age? We're like starting to find it, which is really cute and nice. Um, We're like starting to find little gay families, but we didn't. I mean, like, it's funny because when people look at us together on the street and they're like, oh, you're such a beautiful family, there's always like a part of it that's like, you're gay. And we're like, <laughs> okay, like, first time seeing a gay person. But then the other, a couple of weeks ago, we were doing a photo shoot for Old Navy. Old Navy, Christmas season. You will see our family smiling, oh, loving, yes. loving, loving the corporation Old Navy. Yes. And yes. Um, when we were on set, there was another gay family, like a beautiful. Beautiful, interracial, like gorgeous um, gay men and like three kids. And the way we were looking at them and like <laughs> taking like sneaky pictures of them, it's like, oh, we are the people that look at us. Like we are all, <laughs> we are just like at the precipice of the beginning of um, this being like normal. Right. Well, right, bunny, right. Bunny ears normal. Bunny ears normal. Okay. We all know there's no normal. We have a long way to go with visibility. I still nudge my girlfriend when I see another dyke couple, you know, like still in my 30s, get really excited and have to whisper and probably take sneaky pictures, too, sometimes, depending on the outfits. Yeah, Yeah. which actually does like in this moment, you know, when people are looking at you at a restaurant because you're gay, it's like, okay, well, yeah, we only know what we know. And if what we know based on what we know, and we are kissing each other all the time, we're seeing and feeling and being gay, but still get excited about seeing gay people. It's like, oh, yeah, like, it's totally completely normal that, um, you know, this the straight couple visiting LA from Indiana can't stop staring (laughs) at how beautiful we are. Right. Oh, man. This just reminds me of when I was at the fertility clinic and I got in the elevator with another obvious dyke. And I just felt I'm like, do I salute? Like, what do, what do I do? <laughs> I was like, nice shorts. <laughs> well, Is that code enough? <laughs> you guys are young enough to get on TikTok and create some sort of trend handshake or signal. some sort of salute that could spread like wildfire and the next time you're at the fertility clinic there you are you're both doing Mm -hmm. uh walk like the egyptian (laughs) (laughs) that's it actually with the bees yes yeah but you have to play the song too (laughs) yes you heard it here first that's the new thing everybody In other news, lesbians are flooding the streets with the song Walk Like the Egyptian along with a dance. <laughs> oh, God, that would be a dream if we finally agreed on a sign and that was it. 
Um, I just can't get over the fact that you did an Old Navy shoot. Like to me, Old Navy has always been one of the straightest things. I don't yes. know why. Well, like, the name Old and Navy. Old, yeah. <laughs> Navy from like the My, red, white, and blue. I don't know. You're going to have a lot more Indiana family seeing you is what I'm saying. Yes. And that's so cool. That's like really so cool that they, you know, are actively looking for to, to represent different families that look yeah. different. Yeah. When I was listening to your episode with Rosie O'Donnell, not to plug your 200th episode. Thank you so much. Um, and don't fucking leave right now to go listen to that one. Okay. <laughs> and you're back. Um, that when Rosie was ad- adopting that, she had to s- declare that she wasn't gay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, to go from that time where, like, you were, it was so wrong to be a gay family that if you if you disclosed that you were gay, you could not adopt um, to, like, yeah, this brand that, that you historically associate with being, like, Captain America, we are hetero. Yeah. <laughs> um, to, to, like being on set and it was like it was yeah a bunch of different it was a lot of queer families and that to me is like such a good pill in the peanut butter hell yeah yeah i mean gap was always pretty gay like i remember years and years ago uh they had like an ad with rufus wainwright i'm like this is like really gay of the gap and when they were doing all their like west side story dances and khakis it, it all felt very gay but now I can't remember if it's Gap or Old Navy that has like a gender neutral section on their website. But then it's all just like hetero looking, very hetero looking couples wearing the same graphic tee. <laughs> so well, I'm that's like, a, it's oh, like there's it's like a steps. lesbian section. Yeah, I thought it's there was like, like a lesbian section at the Gap finally. And then it was like, oh, no, they're just really this is the straightest part of the website. <laughs> I have to say, I feel like it must be just that, um, what's that term for like the whip and the dance or something like that? Like when when COVID first broke out with their first single called The World Is Over, yeah. when COVID-19 first made it big, um, there was this article about like the wiggle and the punch. Like it's like, mm. it's basically like there's two methods that there's, there's the dance and the whip, I think. And mm-hmm. that like there's two different ways to to break through um like and basically like the whip uh whatever that word i'm like literally describing something with zero percent um of the of like the words and descriptors you need to know what i'm talking about but someone out there knows do you know what i'm talking about like you know like some countries were like like canada was like absolutely every quarantine australia fully we're doing it all yeah and then um, I guess Florida is like truly dancing in the streets, like truly like right. no to all of it. Um, but I do, th- I think that like for progress to be made, you need like a little bit of both. You need like the shock of like, we have a gender neutral section. And then there's right. that wiggle. There's that Florida dance where it's like <laughs> a straight couple in a graphic tee. You know, it's like, you got to do. Right. I'm going to find that. Um, I don't think you'll be able to based on the clues that I gave you. Well, I did just Google COVID whip dance. It's all (laughs) TikTok viral solution to prevent COVID arm cramp. It's that (laughs) people shaking their arms after getting the shot. Yeah. But so it is a thing. So it is. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the hammer. The hammer is one of them. 
The hammer? The dance and the hammer. Okay. Now we're just naming tools. <laughs> now we're just naming things in my shed. This is the new gayest thing I've done On brand, yeah. Hammer, <laughs> screwdriver, drills. I want to go back. I'm very curious about this courting of the sperm donor. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it, it sounds like when you're like plotting to date somebody... And you're like, ooh, here's an interesting prospect. Now, how do I get them to spend more time around me and cozy up to this big ask I'm going to have in a couple well, weeks? Well, also, what if you're related to them? Because I did see some of your stand-up yes. material <laughs> about yes. courting potentially yes. a brother. That was, I was thinking at first that maybe my brother would be my donor. And then both him and Shauna were like, I don't like this. And I was like, well, this... <laughs> Is going to be hard, but I've seen the Thomas Crown affair. I can make it happen. <laughs> um, and then, but, you know, going for me personally, now that we've gone this route, um, I know people who have used siblings and it's like so beautiful and great. I have a friend who actually used um, her brother's sperm and her brother's gay. So that's like kind of cool and perfect. Oh, yeah. Um, but. I do think that like now thinking about if my brother had been our donor, there would probably be some extra like psychological, like my parents being like, oh, he's just like your brother. And I'd be like, fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing that trips me up about that part is my partner or her brother offered us his sperm oh at that's Christmas. amazing we were too so then that's, that's a fucking great present it was like just wrapped up <laughs> what's this slime yeah. <laughs> all the kids are doing it we rejected it he was so offended um Oh, wait. They got, okay. wait, well, they got a lot me? of mental illness and alcoholism. And we said that. We're like, actually, uh, we discussed it. And we don't think we want any sperm from this family at all, even if it's a cousin. I <laughs> barely like, hey, want you, your man, daughter. I'm a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> wait, he was a, he's a doctor? He's a primatologist. He has two... PhDs, like he's uh, he goes and studies the microbiomes of monkeys and gorillas. Matt, you know what? I might just take a little bit of that jizz if it's being offered. <laughs> yeah, if it's he's, lying around. I mean, yeah, and if, if it's lively, why? Not? Yeah, <laughs> they last a long time in a warm, wet place. If you don't mind, just uh, <laughs> traveling in a jacuzzi yeah, and letting me know where to pick it up. <laughs> yeah. It's funny when Cecilia and I, we weren't even married yet, I don't think. And she asked her cousin, who's like very genetically close to her, mm-hmm. if he would. But she didn't run that by me. And I'm like, no way. Like, I I didn't want because when you know someone like too well, that's almost <laughs> I don't know. So yours is perfect. It's like anything in a relationship, too. It's kind yeah. of like you have to make the other person think it's their idea. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I knew that I wanted right. to ask our donor and then Shauna had was just like shitting and puking and having a great old time with food poisoning. And then once she came oh. to, we had a massage. And after that, she said something like, I feel pregnant, like the masseuse was a man and it was like very sensual. And I was like, cool, cool. <laughs> um, and to piggyback off of that comment, what if you were pregnant? And then also off of that, we're about to p- pass like this tent of this man. Let's, let's see how we, what do you think about this guy that I met? Um, and she immediately was like, you can ask him. Like she vibed with him immediately, wow. which was, it is like dating. It is like, you know, yeah. it's like love at first sight. It's like you, and, and asking him was a lot like when I was like, 
trying to walk up to Shauna and pretend I was like a cool dude and not already in love with her and not want already imagining our life together and just being like, want to hang out? <laughs> you know, like it's like the stakes couldn't be higher, but you have to act like the stakes are low. Mm-hmm. And honestly, they are. I guess the stakes are low because if the person is not interested, then it's actually not a fit. And so then you'd have your answer and you move on. But right. there is something kind of like for us, there was something cool about him being in a completely different country because for our life together, we can have this like full, like deep connection, but have also like the distance that gives us the privacy for him to have, like, he's about to actually, he's, he's married now and he's him and his wife are going to have a baby like any minute, which is so exciting. And Wolfie's going to have a half sister in Mexico. Mm. And that's like incredible. And we go see them at least I mean, twice a year and they come here. And so it's like this beautiful sort of modern family um, with also just that distance that allows us to like be a unit as well. I love that. Yeah, that seems really ideal. I love that so much, yeah. So I do think like traveling and then like vibes. Like brainstorming destinations Travel with an open mind, yeah. Travel with an open mind and um, and vibes and I don't know, like it's, it's, it is such a big thing and then at the same time, um, like the spontaneity of being like, I volunteer you as tribute. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I guess... as we were as we were like coming together as a family and as Shauna or well when Shauna got pregnant there was a lot of comments from family and people that loved us too being like oh you know what if this is a fucking disaster like what if he's fucking what if he fucking is gonna steal the fucking baby and what if you know it's like you there there's obviously like any time that you are building something this big um and important with someone and you're also just getting to know them that there is something like scary about that. But at the same time, like that he could feel the exact same way. I think even in a bigger way on his end, it's like, you know, if I think about if I was donating my eggs for a couple, it would just, I would have to have a really strong feeling that they would be taking great care of, of like this lineage that you're sort of gifting. Um, And luckily we just like all had that, that feeling. But I mean, and then you think about in the straight world, like just babies left, right and center are just flying into pussies and into the world and out of dicks. And it's, it's certainly not being, it's certainly not being like coddled and crafted and cared for in in that same way. Right. Right. And it's crazy, you know, you bring up people kind of like projecting possible bad case scenarios that can happen. And I I feel like straight people don't get that. But we've gotten that, too, that our donor has a wife and people are like, well, don't you think that's weird? Don't you think that she's going to want to steal the baby? And I'm like, what? People always want to no. guess who's going to steal your baby when you're gay. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not the plan like <laughs> yeah and also if this is like where your mind is at and you really care so much about stolen babies go find a stolen baby there's tons right. of stolen babies just go solve that riddle Make and stop projecting mission. this hex onto my family <laughs> it's emotional right. you know there's things like for sure i think when when our donor first met his his girlfriend who's now his wife who's now the mother of his child and like it, I think it was certainly emotional for her 
because of her upbringing as well. It's like you only know what you know. Right. And if what you know is that gay people are different and you don't you haven't had a lot of exposure to them. Sure, that is like a really wild and wacky thing. And then the the idea that we have um, as a society of just like women being childbearers and that being like part of their value, which is, I think, just like a confusion of how beautiful, like, again, when we were talking about like, it is just such a beautiful thing to have a child. That being said, does every woman want to have a child? No. And yeah. that's fucking fine and great. But like, I think that be having your your man have a child with another family, that being something that like devalues you is rooted in like weird patriarchal ideas of like your sole value being to bring a man's baby into the world. Right. So like, it's like, you know, chipping away at these fallacies and just like living in the like good, good love that is this sort of like new cool way of having a family is where we have found ourselves. Did your donor meet his wife after he had already donated his sperm or were they together? It was basically just like right at the same, around the same time. And he was very sweet and followed through through with us, even though it created a little bit of tension for him. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, we had met and he had not met her. And then we were calculating our ovulations and went um, went to Mexico on our business trip. You know I've said it before and I will say it again when I come up with a thing that sounds like business trip, but it just. Um, and so we were like, as they were starting to sort of like, you know, they had just met type vibe and we were and they were long distance and we went back and so we completed the journey um gotcha. yeah i love that when you fill out the customs form i can imagine crossing out <laughs> yes. business to business uh, just a little j there uh, and I added some z's <laughs> So some of our listeners and possibly both of our co-hosts might are here to know, attack me. Uh, <laughs> Pick your brain a little. As a as a comedian, and like at the time you started your family, you had a lot going on. I mean, you still do. Like, were there any concerns about fitting a a baby into the equation? Because right now I look around and I'll say it to my wife all the time. I'm like, where's where's the time for a kid? And all that we're doing, we're like barely sleeping. Where's the time for a kid? Well, if you're barely sleeping, the baby fits right in. Yeah. <laughs> we're all awake together. Um, I think, you know, like the tasks grow to the time you give them. Like I'll be in this garage writing all day. What does that really mean? I'm FaceTiming people, telling them that I'm writing. I'm doing this podcast with you guys. I'm doing like, but like that's part of sort of, you know, the marinade that's going to go into the typing. However, if all I had was, you know, an hour today to get the same amount of work done, I might just be able to get it done. And It's more, you know, like the the more full your life is as a creative, I feel like the more full your work becomes. You have that perspective. I even feel like, you know, when you look for silver linings and like the shit shit, you know, you lose all your legs and someone's like, well, your arms are going to get real strong. It's like, you know, like a shitty situation, like the miscarriage. It's like there's nothing fucking good about there was a baby in my wife's belly and the baby's fucking gone and 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 we have 
a nursery. It's like, ugh, this Gosh. sucks. But the beautiful part of it is that I do feel like it's I've my empathy has grown, and I know what that's like now. And that is yeah. a burden that has, that like you know so many women, if not one out of two, if not more, right. um, will go through. That's going to make me you know, if I, in creating characters and in writing, it's going to make me better. Um, so yeah, the pain of fitting another thing in actually the balance of that is that it, I think gives you so much more. Um, and it's just fucking the best. It's just so good. Like if you have the desire, it's just the fucking best thing. It's like truly, I know, it's exhausting in the beginning with the, with like the tiny little baby is like fully like military vibe of like, it's a war and we've got to win this war. You're sleep <laughs> deprived and you just like need to get through it. And, but it's every time you see that kid, it's like, a, it's like a Christmas morning vibe. And by Christmas, right. I mean Christian and by Christmas, I mean Jesus and by, <laughs> but like, you know, it's like unwrapping a present every morning is to see this kid's face. Do we have to move to LA to do it and just you have more have sunshine to. and happiness? Like I you lived say, in New York, right? Yeah, <laughs> I lived in New York. Happening? I can see it happening. I mean, we we were actually in New York all together um, like a month ago, and it was so much fun. And we fantasized about like living in Bed Stuy for like a year. You know, there's like nothing better to create a character than just like living in a too small place, paying too much money um, <laughs> yeah. around people that are like trying too hard to be the two best at the thing that they're doing. Yeah. Um, I think New York is so amazing, but I do, I am really grateful that we live in LA for the space. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. so uh, nice. And also just not just the space, but like being able to take him to a park in like January. Right. Um, totally, but yeah. do both coasts. Anything is possible. With daddy's credit card, anything's possible. Have I mentioned my daddy's credit card? <laughs> Your Baba's? My Baba's credit card. It's <laughs> fake, and this is a character. <laughs> I just, when I said anything's possible, I'm like, live in New York, live in LA. <laughs> I, I did think, okay, well, for the budget, we're going to need daddy's credit card. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But my daddy, my daddy's credit card is a Canadian tire points card with not enough <laughs> cash on it. But L.A. also, just to say, like, as for what you guys do, it's like L.A. selling shows out here, writing on shows, getting that good, good WGA healthcare, all of that stuff certainly, like, helped frame things up so that, you know, fam making a family seemed more doable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, during the there. pandemic, I tried to convince my wife to move to Montreal and she's like, but I've never been there and we can't visit right now, but we're both Canadian citizens. And I'm like, this is for a reason. And Canada is the best place to raise children. Oh my gosh. Did in Montreal, they'll pay you to have kids. Yeah, <laughs> they really do. They like, they're were you like, ever we'll pay for your daycare. Well, I mean, yeah. right before, before this last election, we, the, the fires hit here while I'm like selling you in LA. It's like, and then a part of the year you <laughs> oh, can't right. breathe. <laughs> Um, so there's like, there's something called fire season. And so we're actually heading to Toronto this October to celebrate Los Angeles's fire season. Um, <laughs> mazel. Mazel tov. And um, last year, uh, we were we were out there and we were the election was getting weird. You know, it was that weird four or five days where it was like, is he going to just steal this election? And is this right. country like not even real? And 
And we were in this like beautiful cabin. My friend Monica has this gorgeous like cottage and we're there and we're, I'm like, it's like, I felt like this sliding doors situation where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm the Gwyneth Paltrow that got the haircut. And, <laughs> and no, I'm the Gwyneth Paltrow that didn't realize my husband was cheating on me and I went to America and now I have this like terrible husband. And then like, here's the Gwyneth Paltrow with a cool haircut and the new life. And I should have done this. Um, but then Biden won and it felt like, you know, such a um, whoosh of relief. Not that like, not that like and now and everything's, everything's perfect better. now everything's solid oh, olympics we know cut to the slideshow <laughs> um but it did feel appealing when trump was the president for sure um, yeah. And now I do. But I also mean, the financial support and the, you know, like a year of maternity leave. Yes. Yeah. All of that stuff. I mean, also now that things are so zoomy and, you know, Shit's Creek is like one of the most successful shows of this time. And that was yeah. created in Canada. You can kind of visualize how you can make both things work. That being yeah. said, I do see how my life here in L.A., it's like. I, I'm like in a in a nice groove where I'm like doing a lot of development, writing on cool shows, and I do feel like I I would have to be here. I certainly would have to have the visa sure. and everything, and to have a green card, you've got to be in the country six months of the year. And I just also every time winter hits, I'm like, holy shit, we we did it, you know? <laughs> like we I like got out of the part of the video game where I have to hide for half of the year. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Now, speaking of your family, I've read before that uh, a lot of your extended family was not cool with your sexuality and you marrying a woman. No, they Have were. They, come- they were. Those are lies. <laughs> Everyone was really chill. My Muslim family was like, fuck yeah, this is fucking terrific. We're putting out a press release. <laughs> Have they come around with Wolfie? Like, are they yes. more like curious? Yeah, babies fix everything. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can't not come around. Um, yeah, babies, babies are the goody goody. They like they definitely the the baby helped to like normalize things because I think the panic all the panic comes from like your life is not going to be good. You're not going to have the things that I value as like the check boxes of like that means you've had a good life. They had like the, to 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 win in that culture. For anyone that like comes from, I think I don't even think it's just brown people. I think it's like just the 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 those families that sort of view success as marrying into similar cultures and religions and having babies and all of that. They, I mean, my family is Pakistani and they're Muslim. And like, if I was to marry a white guy, it would have been a problem. So the idea that I was marrying a tatted up hot white woman. Uh, I'm sure it was the tattoos that they had the problem with. Tattoos? <laughs> Not tattoos! <laughs> on her neck, too? Come on! Um, that it was just so, so jarring for them. And it, whenever something is that, like, jarring, it needs, like, the dust needs to settle. And they already, before the baby, some of them started coming around and the baby helped. But then there's also just, like, within... Family, there's people that you will, like I said, like if I was to marry a a dude that was not Muslim, I would have lost those relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, And those relationships are kind of far gone anyway, you know, like regardless of me coming out or not, there's not a lot of 
um, overlap in our Venn diagrams, which is why I guess like when we talk about chosen family, the idea of our generation's modification on who we sort of lean on and and what relationships need to be intact for us to see ourselves as full is has already sort of like leveled out to um, to like soften the blow of people coming out and having their families reject them, which is like what you're referring to when I was pretending like it didn't happen is that I came out and my Muslim family was like, you're dead to us, basically. And there was like a, a long period of time where we didn't talk and it was most hurtful for my parents because they didn't have, they're not from this generation that um, they have this like huge network of friends. They put all of their time and energy into lifting up family and connecting with family. And so when mm-hmm. family rejected them, it was devastating. But I mean, all of these things are, I think, good for just showing like where you stand with, with the people in your life and the, the people in my family that go out of their way to stay connected now, like what a beautiful, stronger relationship I have with them than if I was pretending like I was like, I don't know, had a roommate and we adopted a child together. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's how I feel about my big Brown family. It's like, after I came out, it was weird. No one really tried to talk about it. Um, I could feel people kind of falling by the wayside, but the cousins that do make an effort. I'm like, oh, you're the real family. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Our kids will play together. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What's your background? I'm Iranian, technically Muslim, but it's complicated because Mm -hmm. my parents fled the Islamic revolution and like some of the family like rejects it now because of it, but some of it is like still very into it. So like on paper Muslim, but Mm -hmm. my mom is kind of anti my dad. He likes the stories, but um. yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> that's like an interesting part of it too, is like all the different shades of queerness, like your mom rejecting Islam is a form of queerness, right? Yeah, you know, and like all those same conversations that she might have with you about being gay are so relevant to her not going to the mosque when people are expecting her there and you know, life will be harder that way. And it's like, it's so cool to get older and realize like, Um, And like sink into yourself and say like, oh, no, all the parts that are instinctually me and make me feel good um, are the parts that are going to make leaning into that is going to make my life easier and better and fuller. Totally. Let's pray. And that's why we walk like an Egyptian. Come on, let's do it. Walk like an Egyptian. Well, we've learned a lot uh, about jizz and jizzness, all up in your jizzness. What else do you have going on? I am famously a dyke comedian that specializes in sperm. (laughs) (laughs) We've learned so much. Um, Guys, if you want to learn a little bit more, I will, I'll be in your neck of the woods. I'll be in New York City um, at Union Hall doing a show November 8th uh, for the New York Comedy Festival. Ooh, so you buy tickets November now. 8th, come see me. It's been a long yes. COVID, and I've got things to say, and I've got cups <laughs> of jizz. Maybe I'll have uh, maybe maybe Melody's. Is it your brother-in-law that's giving away free jizz? Yeah, yeah. Um, Brent, do- we've got Doctor Jizz, and we will be throwing it into the crowd. <laughs> We're gonna leave a vial on every table. 
or a and baster. Then, um, I'm in, yeah. in. I wrote on a show. It's a spinoff of Big Mouth called HR. It's called Human Resources, where oh. like all of the hormone monsters. Um, it's kind of like The Office starring them. My friend's um, writing on Walter Kelly. What's that? Walter. Okay, we could cut that out. Sorry. No, <laughs> my friend Walter Kelly Walter is writing, on, writing that. on it too. It's yeah. uh, we're, we're working on the second season right now, but the first season is coming out soon. Um, it's not out, right? I'm not completely no. out of the loop. No, it's out. It's coming out soon, and um, I play. Uh, I'm cartoonified in it in one of the yes. episodes, which is Love exciting it. to me. And yeah, I'm just um, I'm pitching, writing, pitching and writing, making Are you shows, be acting trying to more? make. You were. Um, yeah, actually, I'm shooting a movie in Toronto um, in a few weeks. My friend Ali Pankey wrote a movie and is directing oh. it. She's yes. so cool, so cool. She's the best. Um, and that movie's starring. Uh, actually, maybe I can't say anything about it, but uh, yeah. I'm, I am acting in that, and and uh, I'm writing a movie about making Wolfie. And I'm trying to make this show um, kind of like based on my 20s ensemble, Gay Insecure. And that yeah. we'll pitch, I'm pitching that this afternoon and next week. And we'll see who gets to buy it. Who the fuck gets to buy it? We demand it. Yeah, we we're going to we're going to be it. walking like an Egyptian all around Hollywood until yes. this gets made. Yes. <laughs> yes. Until they're like, please turn that off. You know what's great? <laughs> I, I feel like that song should be copyright free. Is, and is yeah. that just me thinking that it's a thousand years old or is it? It might I be not. I remember seeing it on VH1 pop-up video all the time. <laughs> it felt huge, but maybe. You know, you know why you saw it? That was the moment you turned, you turned gay. Yep. Yeah. That it was the gong. Old. Yeah. As soon as the gong rang, you're like, <laughs> yes. wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sabrina, where can people follow you on social media? Please find me on Instagram. It's where I'm at. And, you know, if you want to see some Aparna Nancherla retweets, hit me on Twitter, too. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. Every month or so, I'll go Love on it. there, retweet something that's like promo for me. And then, oh, no, wait, if you're listening in Canada, um, next week, I uh, this show comes out called uh, Roast Battle, and I'm on it. I'm one of the judges on it. Love it's me, oh. Russell Peters, K. Trevor Wilson, and a bunch of people that some of the times I'm rude to because it's just the culture of the show. I love a roast. Roast battle. Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, Sabrina, thank you so much for digging out. You are hilarious and a joy to speak to. And yeah. thank you. Looking forward to all your projects. Well, now I'm going to have Walk Like an Egyptian in my head at all times. Let us know if you want that merch. Yeah, truly. I, it has been stuck in my head. I looked up the uh, video. Perfection. We'll find a way to make it not offensive. Okay. Okay. Let's get into that listener question. I love the subject line. Yeah, the subject line was help staring down 30. It's not that scary, okay? It's, we're... <laughs> Young or fine too. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> get over it. Uh, I'm nearly 30 the and horror. just beginning to explore my queerness. I dabbled in dating women right before the pandemic. But when lockdown hit, I struck up a relationship with a lovely man who lived down the street from me. It's been a sweet and cozy relationship, but often lacking an emotional connection. I've almost always had this problem with men I've dated. When friends describe what it's like to be deeply in love and committed, I can't relate. 
There are so many cues swirling around my head. Maybe I'm bisexual, but homoromantic, but would understand deep romantic love if I dated women. Maybe I'm aromantic and this relationship is as good as it gets. Maybe I'm a feminist in a patriarchal world and men just kind of suck. It's getting harder to hide these questions from my partner, but I don't know how to broach the subject without hurting him and losing him. I'm scared to lose such a sweet soul, but I'm scared of being stuck and dissatisfied. Help. This one's easy. Uh, Hurt him, lose him. You gay. You gay. (laughs) So many cues swirling around your head like I can queer, smell it from here like queer 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 <laughs> I don't know I don't know if I'm homo like Rome a ro- I don't know any of that I just know I'm queer and I'm <laughs> reading this let me tell you yeah reading this sounds like every queer woman yeah. I know describing the last boyfriend they dated from their 20s <laughs> yeah being like, oh, he was really sweet. I don't want to hurt him, but there's not, I'm not like head over heels. Well, it also kinda, sounds you know. like my inner monologue being a bisexual. Like, I don't, right. like, it's like, you just could be bi and. Yeah, no, you, you definitely could be bi, uh, but you're definitely not straight. And, <laughs> and also, if you have never felt like you've, haven't been like deeply in love like yes it could be it could be the person but maybe I think you have a a sense of this that you just don't connect with men that way with cis men that way and uh you know it's it's gonna hurt him more uh the longer this drags on and the more that he falls for you is always my thing when people are like oh I don't want to break up this relationship that I don't really want to be in because I don't want to hurt them. I'm like, oh, it's going to hurt so much more if you stay in it and this is how you're feeling. Right. You got to cut it loose. This was sent back in August. We did kind of miss this a little bit in the Um, queue. So I hope you're you're out of it. Uh, Dump his ass. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Just, you know, you're not a romantic because you're looking for an emotional connection um, and it's just not there with him. And yeah. You can explore that with other, preferably women, because it's something you're exploring anyways right now. And, you know, trial and error. Oh, they're they're sweet. And like, yeah, it's nice to, you know, cuddle up with someone and, it's like and a watch pet TV. hamster but, rabbit yeah, yeah. situation. Yeah. Get, get a dog. Get a dog. Get a dog and a girlfriend. That's the advice. <laughs> or a cat. A rescue, though. Yeah. Adopt, don't shop. Okay. Okay. Wow. So much advice. Adopt, don't shop. Yes. Dump him. Moving on. If you have a question for us, please do send it in to dykingout at gmail.com and we will give it to you straight, gay, and dirty. Uh, does that go on a shirt too? No. Okay. I tried. I'm you need trying. to be stopped. Dykingout at gmail.com. Where can they find you? They can find me at TGI Carolyn on social media. I've been posting a lot, but that was because I was on vacation, and that's usually when I'm most active. But you never know. I have some traveling coming up, some interesting travel that I talk about, that I tease on the Patreon. Interesting, indeed. You're going to want to be following me for that. There's going to be a lot of reporting on the scene. Yeah, something tells me there's going to be some close friends content you're going to have to 
be curating <laughs> down there too on your stories. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So get it, get in there now at TGI Carolyn. Also be following us at Diking Out. And most importantly, Melody. Oh, thank you. I can be found at Melody Kamali on all social media platforms. I finally got a new phone. Like truly, I have Congrats. not been posting because I've been waiting. I I've oh, I've had an iPhone 7 like this whole time, guys. Like I <laughs> I can actually film video where audio will also be recorded with it. I can take non-blurry photos. I'm going to make content. I'll make a TikTok even. Oh my gosh, watch out world. Watch out. At Melody Kamali or Diking Out or Diking Out Podcast. Love it. Well, thank you for diking out with us this week. We'll see you next Tuesday. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.